morning crypto good morning warriors hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel good morning crypto where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics from some of the top crypto researchers in the world i'm your host abs joined by several members of our 3t family this morning we got the italian stallion mr johnny crypto mario also known as the node defender is joining us and we've got Showtime 2KX, a.k.a. longtime friend of Good Morning Crypto. So I am very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the Ethereum monopoly on smart contracts could soon be coming to an end as looming competitors emerge with better technologies. As a counterfeit document was circulating crypto Twitter last night, citing the BIS was set to use XRP, while shocking details reveal that ETHGATE conspiracy extends far beyond American borders. And with Quincy Jones joining our Merlin Spaces last night, we're going to break down the details, showing our community how XRP and XDC are built to exchange global liquidity. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. For those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, first of all, congratulations on the launch of Merlin. I think it's been a one-week to the day, if I'm correct on that. So congratulations on that journey. How you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Uh, that's a congratulations to the whole team. Yes, it's been one week. Abs are feeling great. It's a beautiful day. Nobody's on the lake. Everything's great. And I got my paisano here today. I haven't seen him in a long time. So, and also let me give a shout out to Mario. I love all you guys. But good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you, appreciate you. And man, if you missed the Merlin's Twitter spaces last night, we got some really, really good info for you today. You're going to love it if you're an XRP holder. We're bringing the highlights today from that spaces, Johnny, because Quincy Drones was dropping some gems for not only the Merlin community, for the XRP community and the XDC community as well. But Mario, I guess it's an Italian special this morning. Me and you are feeling a little bit left out. How are you feeling? Thanks for being here. I know, right? Good morning, everyone. First of all, super excited to be here. Good morning to Abs, Johnny, and of course, Showtime and everybody out there listening to us, watching us. And uh, yeah, it's two Italians versus a Portuguese and... Uh, would you consider yourself an American? I'm not sure, Abs, but I'll let you decide that. But uh, yeah, but we will win ultimately. The Italians I'm have like, no chance. Mario, I'm like Ripple. I'm a decentralized product over here. Okay. I want to give a shout out. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to our friend Showtime. Showtime, it's been a while <laughs> since we had you on. And for anybody who doesn't know, Showtime was the second guest we ever had on the show. So shout out to you, my friend. How you feeling? Thank you for being here. Thank you. I didn't even know that. I was uh, saying I'm working on my office a little bit, and then Johnny comes on. And he's got the beautiful lake in the background. Now I feel like you'll just tear it all down. Can't even compete. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paisa. <laughs> Listen, that's what you got to deal with when you're dealing with a guy like Johnny Crypto. You're going to roll with the big dogs. You got to hang with the big dog. But we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do. By checking out our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Well, this is pretty exciting for our listeners. As we look at some of the daily movers today, it is green across the board. We've got XLM up about 4%, Algorand up 2%, and I can't even find the XRP bubble on here, so I'm going to assume it's up about 1%. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.05 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 48% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin back above $26,000 at $26,090. Ethereum, $16,50, and XRP is sitting at 52 cents. And guys, this is going to be a really interesting episode, but I want to get this started with a video from last night from Quincy Jones explaining when he's calculating global liquidity for XRP, this is different than every other blockchain. The currency really needs to be there and what's how is it going to be valued versus the blockchain itself? To me, that's kind of the interesting part. So it's the, it's, the, it's the demand. It's almost like the liquidity demanded to move capital between two different entities that would otherwise need convoluted payment terminals. So if I'm in Japan and you're in the United States, and it would take a lot, it would take a bunch of different processes, a bunch of different exchanges, a bunch of whatever to be able to move X amount of dollars. Well, if I can move that over the network, that general amount of value that I need to move will be moved in the network token. And, and that's the thing, it's a neutral mean. So you don't have to hold yen. I don't have to hold dollars. I don't have to hold yen. You don't have to hold dollars, whatever. Um, we both hold XRP or XDC or whatever, and we can move that same means of value without having to. And we can do this with as many partners as we want. So instead of having to jump into dollars, yen, peso, euro, whatever, you can just jump into the native uh, the native cryptocurrency and use that as a means of capital and then use that as a means of exchange on that network. And the 
more demand that there is to move that value on that network between those partners, uh, the more value that's attributed to. So like it's, it's so this was a really interesting conversation, Johnny, and I want to bring it back to your original question. When we're calculating the value of these blockchains, we often focus on market cap. But what Quincy said is really interesting. He said, focus on institutional volume. And I want to give you the floor from that point forward. Well, yeah, that's exactly right, right? That's what I was trying to dig for is, you know, everybody says, oh, Johnny, market cap doesn't matter. Market cap doesn't matter. It, it actually does matter, but it's a certain type of market cap that matters. At the end of the day, what you're looking for is the actual daily trade volumes of the institutional use, or I should just say commercial use of the XRP product. So that's going to ultimately drive what the market cap needs to be to be able to handle that volume. And then that market cap drives with the prices based on the uh, supply of the coin. That's why the market cap is so critical. But what, what becomes even more critical is understanding what is the actual daily volume supply demand, that trade, trade volume that needs to be there. And I'm not talking about retail. So that's where it gets hard to calculate because you don't know how much of the daily volume is retail-based versus commercial-based. But what we need to start listening for is reports coming out of Ripple in terms of what they're saying they're doing on a daily basis. And that's going to help set, you know, what a two things. One, what the market cap should be. So what the real price should be of Ripple or of XRP, sorry. And two, is it growing? That's the most important part. Is the trend going this way? Because if it's going that way, that's not a good thing. We had a couple big comments out of Showtime or out of uh, Quincy Jones last night, Showtime. And one of the things that he broke down for us is he believes even during this next bull run, it's not going to be utility driven. It is going to be speculation driven. That means the money will go into Bitcoin, then into Ethereum, then altcoins, then low cap. So I want to kick it over to you. We've seen that in the past. Are you anticipating that going forward? 100%. I don't think. And by the way, I forgot to tell my gracious host, thank you for having me on. Um, but I will say, yeah, I, I don't see that trend changing a whole lot, right? Uh, Bitcoin still dominates the market. Look at what XRP did and how it's done a complete retrace from the news of the lawsuit already um, because Bitcoin's driving the market. Uh, I don't see that changing anytime soon. And, you know, the thing is, there are institutions that have liquidity providers. They could theoretically have their own liquidity pools. But guess what? Even if they do, they've got to buy the token. Um, when we look at market cap, Keep in mind that there's nobody that thought Amazon was going to be at the market cap that's at. Nobody thought Apple was going to be at the market cap that's at. You're early and you don't know it. And I know I've said this, you know, being a second guest on here, and I know you guys say it pretty much every day, that people are so early. And it, it it's retail, but it's it's institutional, right? And this is going to go forward with a couple of different, you know, articles that news stories we're going to talk about today. But you don't need specifically for, for example, a CBDC to be on, say, an XRP ledger. Like you don't actually need it. You need enough institutions to come in. You need the regulations for the institutions to come in. You might need some of these institutions to leave the United States, sadly. Uh, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but this is where, to me, it all kind of comes together. I don't see the trend changing. I think we eventually get to the point when the regulations are in place and the institutions are in place to use this stuff that you're going to bypass Ethereum and bypass Bitcoin and bypass some of these drivers of the market and go directly to these utility coins. But we're not there yet, in my opinion. Johnny Crypto, we're going to move on here because we have to, but I do want to get a quick comment from you. One of the things that Quincy brought up is that there's never going to be a day where Bank of America or any of these huge technology firms need to go out and purchase XRP if they have a liquidity provider. Now, that's a key caveat there, but Showtime just broke it down as well. If we're never going to see a day where big banks need to go and purchase XRP, how are we going to get institutional adoption? We got an answer last night. I'd like for you to regurgitate it. Yeah, he talked about how it would be available through exchanges, brokerages, and things like that where they can access it, which is really good because what you don't want is these institutions to be put in a position abs where they actually have to purchase it in a scenario that puts it under the definition of a security which we know in the court ruling, when you're selling to an institution, buying directly from Ripple with its investment contract, with a promise for a higher gain, that could fall under the classification of a security. So the way you avoid that, remember, XRP itself is the security. It's how you pitch it and sell it 
that can turn it in or, or into or not into a security. So you can avoid that altogether if you just go buy it directly off an exchange or a brokerage or things like that. So um, I think from that perspective, that was that was uh, the, the main the main message there. And I think what's important, guys, you know, if you miss this Merlin Spaces, we do them every other Tuesday night, 830. Follow us on at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter, Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. And uh, and don't miss these because, man, there was a really lot of good knowledge and information. We chatted and we'd love to have you be part of it. And you can speak up, too. So. Absolutely, guys. And we got 293 live listeners here joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want to give a shout out to our special guest, Showtime. Always excited to have you on, my friend. And this was another great clip that we got from Quincy last night. He's explaining how XTC and XRP are not only built for different things, but they can collaborate to create a global solution for liquidity. Now, might be two years away, might be five years away, but one day we will shift to better technologies. And that's what he's elaborating on here. Both. Uh, XCC and uh, Ripple and XRP work with R3. I see them as complementary and they can work together. I'd love your thoughts on that, how those two blockchains could work. Yeah, together. so there's a lot of tools to make these blockchains like interoperable. And when people talk about like, oh, XRP, R3, XCC, R3, all this is just interoperable tools. Uh, like the, and usually they're referencing Corda, not R3. R3 being the company and Corda being a private blockchain, sort of like how Ripple is a company and XRP is a blockchain. Um, but yeah, no, these are just interoperable technologies and they have tools for it. I think uh, Corda has like Corda Settler and that's interoperable with a lot of different technologies. But people like to talk about uh, XRP and XCC because they were typically one of the first ones either referenced or potentially even the first ones even used. So, but these are just interoperable technologies, not like partnerships or anything. Now, there may be like corporate contracts based off X, Y, and Z, but that would have to be based off very specific, very specific like conditions, not just the technologies being interoperable. So that's what I just wanted to highlight before we move on here, guys. We are going to see a shift into better technologies over the next couple of years, and it might not be during the next bull run, but this is what we're going to focus on for the next portion of this episode, guys. And we already got 303 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and I'm looking for a document right here, but you guys know what we're going to talk about. We are going to be talking about the BIS and the fake document that was circulating on Twitter over the weekend, alleging that the BIS had stated they're going to use XRP in a couple of their trial runs. And lucky for our listeners, here's the document I was looking for. So I'm going to read this and kick it straight back to the group here. We'll start with Mario. He said, this is not good for Ripple and XRP. The BIS Project Marina documentation specifically names ERC-20 technical standards as the platform for CBDC development. Now, I'm going to pause it there because that tells us more than many of our listeners already knew, Mario. The Once again, we are seeing a global organization choose Ethereum, and to no surprise, they're going to be using the ERC technical standard to build their CBDCs on. What does this mean to you, my friend, before we talk about the XRP aspect? Yeah, I think we will continue to see Ethereum be the kind of the chosen blockchain for, for these dApps or, or these projects to come out on just because of, you know, we talk about it on the, on the show all the time, you know, the involvement that's behind the scenes, the, the institutions, uh, Ethereum at the moment is kind of that chosen one. But to tie it with what was being discussed before, what Quincy was saying, I think it's very important that people realize that right now, if you're looking for that one blockchain that's going to be the ultimate winner there's going to be several winners because blockchain right now is being created for several different use cases and there isn't going to be one blockchain rule them all uh fit all purposes all niches all all use cases we're going to have several and interoperability really is that key keyword to use here all of these blockchains are going to be able to communicate with each other and you're going to have a blockchain that specializes in gaming, another one that specializes in cross-border uh, liquidity, another one that specializes in smart contracts and, and finance and dApps. And I don't think that uh, focusing on one blockchain is like the, as an investor, you should not be uh, putting your direction, your focus that, that direction. But to tie it back to this, I think we will continue, like I said, to see Ethereum as kind of this major player. Um, but I don't think Ethereum will ultimately be the winner. Um, I'll throw this out there. And that's just my opinion. But I don't think Ethereum will ultimately be the winner. But we'll continue to see it as the, the, as, as the industry leader for now. 
Uh, we often say it's not what you know, it's who you know, Mario. And I'm going to ask you to elaborate on why you think Ethereum will succeed. But I want to read a couple sentences here and kick it right back to Showtime. So once again, this is not good for Ripple and XRP, said this Twitter user here. The BIS project Marina specifically names ERC-20 technical standards as the platform's development for CBDCs. There will be two EVM-based smart contracts that handle domestic and international payments. But this is what really caught my attention. There is zero mention of XRP the XRPL, or Ripple in the BIS documentation. So Showtime, once again, we're seeing a global organization not only move into Ethereum, but not use XRP, which is obviously a better technology. Broadly, I'd like to get your thoughts. Why do you think the BIS is choosing ERC-20 here? Well, that's a that's a pretty uh, challenging question, only because there's so many special interests that go behind the answer to that question. But, um, you know, you saw with the lawsuit that there's a little bit of unfair play when it comes to certain technologies. We know this already. Um, we know that there's a reason why the United States has fallen behind. Uh, we know that there's special interests in everything in the world and cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is no different. But I I'll tell you this, you know, um, I'm going to piggyback on what Mario said because I've always felt this way. Y you just go down the list of top 50, 100 technologies. Um, classic 80-20 rule. This is the reason why you don't put all your eggs in one basket. This is the reason why you don't be a maxi. I've never understood maximalism. I've never been a maximalist on anything. It makes no sense to be a maximalist, in my opinion, because there's so many great technologies. Some of them are much further along. Some of them are getting more adoption, like ERC-20, uh, over like an XRP ledger. That is superior. We know that it is superior. If you've ever used both, you know this for a fact. Um, I personally, this is just me speaking personally, never bought XRP because I thought it was going to be a CBDC standard of some fashion, right? It could be in some nations. That's certainly possible. But you need institutional adoption. You need that news to hit retail. You need the retail to pile in. You need development to pile in. You need real utility on that blockchain for it to go up in value. You don't necessarily need a CBDC, although that's helpful. Um, this is why you own a whole basket of assortment. Ethereum, you got Stellar, you've got Cardano, you've got XRP Ledger, you, as you guys know, Avalanche, all sorts of great uh, blockchains and distributed ledger technologies. You own a little slice of every, everyone, as much as them as you can, you know, classic 80-20 rule. But you'd never put all your eggs in one basket because you never know when that basket tips another direction. Johnny Crypto, I love when you run the comments section for me, but I got to get some comments from you as well. We broke this down last night during our Twitter spaces, and it really did catch my attention. One of the things that is negative, it's a negative incentive for fake headlines here. X is promoting interaction. We are going to see more fake news articles during this next bull run than we've seen in the past. And I think that's why I'd like to highlight this on Good Morning Crypto. It's not that this is just a fake article circulating on Twitter. It's that this is going to become much more predominant during the next bull run. But I wanted to get your thoughts broadly. What sticks out to you about this whole narrative? So it's confusing to people. I think we need to clarify to people, Ebs, um, that there was a document that went around saying that XRP was part of the project Marina, correct? And then this one is saying it's not. Is that correct? So the truth is it's not in that Ethereum is being used. That's actually the truth. So I just want people to be clear about that. Um, two, I am 0%, zero percent, zero, can you guess it? Zero percent surprised that ETH is the chosen one. Why is anybody surprised? We all know that ETH has been given a pass from day one. You knew it, you should have known it. And we've been saying on the show that one of my theories was the reason why you saw the lawsuit go against Ripple and not Ethereum is because it gave, you know, it held Ripple back and it set Ethereum free to go do what they're doing now, which is move the needle forward. And they've been doing that for years. And we know that adoption in the U.S. was held up dramatically. Brad came out and said, U.S. companies won't work with us right now. And this was for the past two and a half years, right? It was obvious. That was my biggest fear. And, and now there's the truth, right? You know, you heard it. Um, no one should be surprised. I disagree with Mario. I think ETH will be the winner in this particular case. They will be the baseline. Once they're set in there, and you develop this technology across all the countries, do you know what it would take to revise and kick that technology out and put another one in? Forget about it. It's not going to happen. It's going to be just like look at the SWIFT system. It's been, it was developed 70 years ago, and it's still here, right? That's what's going to happen. ETH will be the base. It's going to be here forever. It isn't going to go away. Will they build on it and try to improve it? Yeah, but it's going to be the fundamental base layer of how this thing's going to work, in my opinion. So um, that's what I think will happen. But 
to show time's point, I couldn't agree more. You got, I have to say all the time, got to have multiple horses in this race in your stable. None of us know who's going to win. And that's why diversification is the key to success here. Have a little ETH, have a little Bitcoin, have a little XRP, have a little bit of this, have a little bit of that. Mix it all up because nobody knows who's going to win. Nobody knows, right? And so, and ETH has already had a big run. Now, it's not to say it won't 5X from here at some point, right? It probably still has that left in the tank. And if you want a 5X, that's a great return. And so, you know, there's still time probably to, to put that in your bags. Because remember, I say it all the time. We're so early, it feels like we're late. But we're not that late to the party compared to the other 50% who aren't even here yet. Johnny, I do want to put a positive spin on this whole narrative as well. One of the things that we are clearly finding out is if they're going to use Ethereum, we may as well profit off of that growth. And so a lot of our listeners are X-centric, just like ourselves. XRP, XLM, XDC, HBAR, Quant Network, a lot of the basics that we talk about every day. But what we're seeing right here is more validation. Ethereum is here to stay. And as long as companies and projects like the BIS are willing to build on top of them, we're only going to see more of that going forward. But guys, we got 380. Yes, sir. Oh, sorry. I want to comment this because this comes up all the time. Everybody says gas is Ethereum's fee. It's their Achilles heel. Guys, two things are going to happen. One, they're going to work on getting the gas fees down, especially when there's more volume happening. And two, they're going to charge for it anyway. So they ain't going to give a shit. So, you know, people don't understand. Like, oh, yeah, gas is going to kill. No, it's not. It's not going to kill it. They're going to find a way around it. Mark my words. They will find a way to leverage it. They'll charge for it. They'll offset it. You know, you said it yourself. I forgot how many billions you said was being charged for cross-border transfer. Do you remember you, you showed it one time? It was $7 trillion annually. So I'm not sure what yeah. that is daily, but. Yeah, yeah. but the fees to transfer that uh, that money, the fees on that was huge. And and so it's no different than a gas fee for Ethereum. And I guess people just haven't, haven't wrapped their head around it yet, but that's how I look at it. You're spot on, Johnny. And I just remembered it's 6% is the average value it costs to send these transactions. And we are going to get into a broader conversation here because I asked you about Ethereum smart contracts for a reason, guys. We are going to be talking about how Stellar is launching a smart contract competitor to Ethereum. And this could change the game when it comes to smart contracts globally. We already got 388 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button and showtime. Before we get into our smart contract conversation, I wanted to focus on this graphic for just a minute. In 2013, we saw the exact same thing that we saw in 2017, and then again in 2021. Now, we're drawing the comparison here to 2023 slash 2024, but I'd like to ask you, during this next market cycle, do you believe we're going to see a similar situation where Bitcoin, it just continues to drive this market, breaks all-time high, and then the altcoins follow, or will we see utility play an impact? Then we'll move on. I'd love to say we're going to see utility play an impact. It will play a role. Right. But it's not going to impact the market as much as we would like it to. Uh, it, it just it is what it is. Um, if you look at these uh, different charts, what's what's interesting is you'll notice it's far more parabolic initially and a little less every single time. So you're noticing a little bit of a falling off uh, every single cycle. No, I, I, look, I, I think we would all love to say, no, you know, it's going to be utility. We're literally going to see all of the uh, utility tokens take off. and Bitcoin's going to sit there and it's not going to do any. I just. It is what it is. Uh, the, the trend is your friend until the end. And I think right now the trend is Bitcoin's leading the market. Um, that leads Ethereum. Ethereum leads all coins and so on from there. And then we'll see some utility play a role. Uh, I think XRP having a little bit of its uh, shackles taken off will help move in this next cycle like it didn't in the last one. But aside from that, no, I still see it playing out as it has been. Mario, it's not how many horses you have in the race. It's how many races are in the horse, like Gonzo would say. And that's a joke <laughs> for our listeners. But I did just want to get, get your thoughts really briefly. As we look at the Bitcoin price chart, what we see every time is that the fear and greed index correlates to the price. And what are we seeing right now? The Bitcoin fear and greed index is extremely low. And the MACD is as low as it's ever been since the C19 crash. So what are you anticipating? Do you think we're going to get another market where Bitcoin drives liquidity and that's how the altcoins benefit? Or will we see something different this time? Well, for now, I'm more inclined towards saying yes, uh, because we haven't had a proof of otherwise. And the best shot at proving this, this uh, theory wrong would have been XRP completely decoupling from Bitcoin right now, especially given the fact that it was given this huge uh, decision and being the only crypto asset with legal clarity. This would have been the perfect time for us to see that decoupling event. And we still didn't see it. And 
as Showtime mentioned, it just fully retraced. Uh, it's back down to the 50 cent range. So we're back to square zero. We're back to that the drawing board and, and looking at history as an example. And history keeps telling us that we will see Bitcoin lead the market. All coins will then follow. And until we have something that proves us that there is a decoupling, and obviously that could be utility, that could be um, use case, that could be so many different factors for all these different cryptocurrencies. And let's let's also look at it this way. In my opinion, crypto is at its best position ever. The future of crypto is more certain than ever before because we have finally a ruling, a legal ruling in the United States. And again, I know this only applies to America because the rest of the world seems to be way more clear on what crypto is. America tends to not be, but um, that put aside, we have that legal clarity. We have finally Congress talking about uh, regulation around cryptocurrency. We have all these ETFs that are being filed for Bitcoin. So the future of crypto is more certain than ever, yet the price is not reflecting it. And it goes back to what Showtime was saying. It's truly because the retail is simply not in, in this game at the moment. There's no liquidity to really drive the price up. Uh, the market cap really needs to increase in order for us to see this market, this uh, price increase. And that could come in the form of many things. It could come in the form of um, obviously the fear and greed index going more towards greed retail coming in because they finally start to flip the switch and the narrative on social media and, and, and mainstream media and, and, and money starts flooding in again, positive news. Um, I just don't think it's the time right now. And, and, and it's proven, given all these positive news that we've had recently, it's proven that the time for price appreciation isn't right now, but it will come eventually. So, Tom, before we move on here, I do want to get your thoughts. One of our listeners, Lee Brown, said, how can you not see an impact on the markets when utility kicks in? Utility will be the driving force behind utility tokens. That is exactly what I was saying in 2020. I was thinking that 2021 was going to be the moment we see banks and institutions begin to do the obvious, which is leverage cryptocurrency but we heard something interesting from Chris Larson and Crypto Erie put out a video yesterday about this. He said, this is an interview from 2020. He said he believes over the next three years, XRP's price will continue to be driven by Bitcoin. He doesn't think utility will have an impact. And he was proven correct. So Showtime, I did just want to kick it to you and get your thoughts overall. Chris Larson thinks this market's going to be driven by Bitcoin. Do you agree or do you think utility's coming? Well, the utility is coming at some point. The question is, when is it coming, right? Um, a lot of these institutions, are, they view crypto as toxic waste, right? I'm just going to tell you. We see what it is, and they may even see what it is, right? But they don't have the uh, framework in place to touch this stuff, to hold this stuff, to use it in the intention, in the way, in the manner in which it was designed to be used. It's a speculative market. Has been up to this point. Unless something changes pretty quickly and all of a sudden we wake up and all of our politicians are no longer owned by special interests and trying to drive down our country with not setting up the proper framework, then I foresee it being as it has been up to this point. It's going to be Bitcoin. It's going to be leading the theorem. The theorem will lead everything following it. But you will see your outliers. You know, you, you oftentimes before a bull market, you see certain tokens will just kick off the market. It can be completely random. It can be something you've never heard of. Um, I think uh, Theta was one of the ones that actually last led the last market earlier on before a lot of things start to take off. You will see outliers. You will see certain ones and people are saying, see, I told you, Bitcoin's not leading the market anymore. But the fact of reality is when you want to move a trillion dollar plus market, it's going to be Bitcoin as sad as that is uh, for now. I couldn't agree with you more, Showtime. There is no doubt about it that this market right now is a liquidity driven speculation market. That's it. Um, but there's going to be triggers that will eventually shift it because I think the, the big boys realize that there, there's, there's a lot of money. Oops, sorry, I hit the wrong button. There's a lot of money to be made in the space. They'll, they, they can see now that this trillion-dollar market cap that they've been swatching and trying to kill Operation Showcoin and all that just won't go away. It's here. It's here to stay. And I think what's going to happen next is you're going to see them realizing, oh, we have another whole market we can grow here and we can manipulate and we can play with. And okay, so how's that going to happen? Well, you're going to start with first with regulation. You'll get a BTC approved spot ETF. That's coming soon. Congress will pass some regulation at some point. When you see those two things happening, and I'd love to know your thoughts, but in my opinion, the minute those two things happening, that's kind of saying, hey, we're here. It's real. This market will be real. Now, it'll be speculation real, 
not utility real, but that's okay. It'll start there. And then some, once money floods into it, some of it will then become, I think, utility-based. And by, by the way, shout out to CJV. I think CJV's in the house. But to me, I think that's the triggers that will start to kind of transform this market from purely a speculative play to now this is something real. Institutions will start trusting it. They'll flow money into it. And when money goes into something, that usually solidifies it and transforms it into utility. That's my eight cents. I'm curious what you think. Showtime. I'd like to get your thoughts on that as well. I want to remind people that this year is an election year and typically the economy specifically in America will flourish during that time. So I know that Johnny just said a lot, but what stuck out to you, Showtime? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I 100% um, piggyback on what he's saying. It, I, I kind of see the um, price appreciation happening a little differently maybe than most people. Um, you know, when institutions can get in, I, I think a lot of people underestimate how they can get in without actually having to buy the token. Right. There's a lot of OTC backdoor things with liquidity providers. At the end of the day, they have to use it. That drives value. It's the news, in my opinion, that's going to drive retail. It's, hey, guess what? And by the way, you'll find that this happens at the most convenient times. If you go back uh, in previous um, bull runs and bear markets and all this kinds of stuff, that news comes out at certain times. And now we're sitting on, what is it, the third lowest RSI in Bitcoin ever? I think the yeah. last seven years or something like that. So um, all of a sudden it's, they own it, but Hey, guess what guys? Um, so-and-so just passed a law and, and now this institution is going to be using whatever. And all of a sudden you see the part markets flood and all of a sudden you see the commercials with Bitcoins better than gold. You guys probably remember that one. And, and, and the news will dictate and drive that price appreciation after the institutions have already come in and buy it. Because you got to remember, man, a lot of people, and, and I am going to be very careful not to offend people. There, there's a lot, not the people watching, there's a lot of sheep out there, okay? They don't follow things like we're following things. All of a sudden, you know, Robinhood, as you're showing, is buying up Bitcoin. And one day, all of a sudden, the, the news is going to be put out. And then you're going to have the Uber drivers talking about buying crypto. And then it's just going to be that new cycle all over again. But I see it almost as if, you're going to have laws, you're going to have institutional adoption, but then the news is what will bring all the retail in and pump their bags. Aria, right, I got to kick it over to you as well. And Showtime just brought down some, uh, broke down some great information, but this is what he was addressing about Robinhood. So an unknown wallet address accumulated $3 billion worth of Bitcoin in the last three months. That's 118,000 Bitcoin. It became the third largest Bitcoin wallet. And it turns out after some investigative journalism here from Bitcoin News, Robinhood was purchasing all of this Bitcoin. And this is another indicator, guys, of just how early we are in this market. And Mario, before I kick it straight back to you here, Showtime said another great detail. Bitcoin's daily RSI is the most oversold it's been since March of 2020. And what was the price of Bitcoin at that time? That would be about $3,500. Can you believe it? In 2020, Bitcoin's price was that low. But Mario, I'm going to kick it over to you and we'll continue. Yeah, I, look, when we look at the market, like, you know, the they typically say, show me the chart and I'll tell you the news. And according to many chart analysts, although obviously, you know, it fluctuates, it's not exactly the same, but we are still somewhat mimicking the previous cycles. And until it completely deviates, we need to um, think that, you know, it can repeat itself. But when we're in the market where Bitcoin alone has a half of the market cap of the remaining, you know, thousands of cryptocurrencies out there. And especially when we're looking at these technologies and not only are they, are they creating these partnerships, but they're also creating these use cases. And they're also talking about all this different value that can come into the ecosystem. I think that alone should give you the perspective of how much growth there still is to come for the space. And Obviously, you know, Bitcoin having a half of the of the market cap, it, it only makes sense for that to be such a driver of the market. And it's going to take many things. We had a lot of negative news um, last year and, you know, what kickstarted the, uh, the this uh, bear market with FTX, with Celsius, with all these Ponzi schemes, you know, coming collapsing like a, like a house of cards. All of that takes time to wash through people's minds and the system and, and mainstream media. And it is eventually going to go away because I was here since 2017. So I remember I remember feeling that euphoric moment of 
end of 2017, January 2018, and then everything comes down crashing and me being completely new to the space, I, I made the mistake of not taking the time to really understand the market, really understand the technology, and I walked away. And that that is, I'm sure that that is the same thing that happened to a lot of these crypto investors that came in in the last bull run. They walked away. They're not actively investing right now in this bear market. The people investing in this bear market is the people watching this show right now. It's us that yep. really see all these clues, all these things that are being built in the background and that know that this is just a cycle and that it's going to come back. But the me's of 2018, 2019, they just stepped back. They walked away until all of a sudden it started being a trend again. And then you're like, okay, let me catch this train. Let me see what's up. And then, you know, all to say that it's it's going to come back eventually. Johnny, yeah, I'm Mar over to you. I just want to throw in this last detail here because I think it's so important. The major roadblocks that Citibank sees for cryptocurrency adoption is a couple of things that Mario just referenced. Limited knowledge and regulatory uncertainty were two of the key details that led the list. And to me, those are both short-term problems. When people get educated and there's regulation, Crypto is going to hit mainstream and a lot of our listeners are going to profit. And guys, we got 429 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is the article we're going to be going over very soon where Stellar is launching an Ethereum competitor to smart contracts. And my neighbor's mowing his lawn, so I'm sorry about that. But Johnny, the floor is yours. Yeah, so Abs, that's exactly what I was saying earlier is the regulatory landscape is what's going to unlock this market. That's what's going to open it up and say, okay, it's safe to play in. No business or institution is going to invest money until we can, we can get to that space. And when it does happen, I think my man, where is he? Yeah, right here. And we've been saying this on the show too, Cheerio 57. Most people won't even know. Nobody's going to know and nobody cares how Things work. Nobody cares when I press send on an email and it sends an email to my, my paisano over there. You know, I don't want to say where he is, but in his in his location, his beautiful office there. Or when I make a phone call, to you, nobody cares how shit works. They just want it to work, right? You know who cares about how stuff works? Engineers. <laughs> yeah, kind of. The companies who are profiting off of these tech now, off of these products they create with the underlying technology behind it. Because if you have a really good underlying fundamental technology behind something that is cheaper and better, lower cost, it adds to their bottom line. And that's why we're heading into the space because blockchain will be more cheaper, more efficient, more, more important. I don't hear a lot more either. And so pretty much it's going to then, that's why companies are going to shift to this. But the real world isn't even going to know about it, most of it. Um, the people who will know about it are people like us and, and people are friends and family. And once they start blurting it all over the news, because they will, as Showtime said, rightfully correct. Once that, once all the big boys are in and everything's done, yes, they'll be talking about the news. And then, and then another, you know, I suspect another, it's 5% right now today. Five guys, pat yourself on the back. You are a 5%er. Okay. Don't hurt your arm while you do that. Though, Mark. We need you. 5%. You're a 5%. -er. But, when the real world, the rest of people start flowing in, this thing could grow to 30, 40, 50% of the world potentially in it, right? Potentially. But that's after all this, all the other news and everything gets out there and, and people aren't even going to care that, you know, blockchain is running something, but people who invest in it certainly will. So for me, that's why it's exciting. We're in something early. We're in so early. We don't even know what the winners are yet, but that's okay. Because if you get in after you hear about it on TV, guess what, Abs? Way too late at that point. You know what you're going to be at that point? Exit liquidity. Cause, exactly. Showtime calls you a sheep. I agree. But you're also going to be in exit liquidity. That's exactly right. You're going to be. Guys, I got to speak up for the audience. There's no, there's no sheep in this audience. They're reflections of us. So no sheep in this audience, John. Nobody that's here watching is a sheep. They can't be. That's right. That's absolutely right. It's impossible if you're a part of this group. And Johnny, this is an indicator of just how early we are as well as one of the largest blockchains on the planet, Stellar is a launching a smart contract competitor to Ethereum. And all of our listeners are going to be excited about this, especially if you hold XLM. But before we get into this, guys, here's the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. 
Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Guys, not only is it the smartest way to track your crypto, but officially this week, the Merlin product went live and we began selecting people from our beta testers list. So if you want to check it out, 30 days absolutely free. The link is directly below this video. Check out our product and give us some feedback. And Johnny, just any quick announcements before we continue with the show? Yeah, I would just encourage everybody, if you got on the wait list, excellent. Check your junk mail and spam boxes. We are hearing some reports that some of the emails are going in there. So you might have it. Uh, go there and check that. If you haven't gotten on the wait list, click on the link below. Get on it because every single day we randomly select it and launch it to more and more people. And soon we will be opening it to the general public app. So I'm excited. Can't wait to make it happen. Really exciting. And just a quick reminder, guys, what Merlin does is it takes all of your different crypto exchanges and tracks them through one location, lets you create an exit plan so you can profit the same way JP Morgan and BlackRock do. We're trying to provide that for our listeners. But with that being said, we're going to get into this article out of Stellar today as Stellar joins Bitcode Alliance to develop an EVM alternative, WASM. I can't really pronounce that. W-A-S-M. Stellar joined the industry development group WASM as an alternative computation engine for running smart contracts. Now, what's really cool about this is that this technology is a competitor to Ethereum, although it's compatible with the virtual machine. Now, what I wanted to show our listeners is this preference right here. It said the EVM is a virtual smart contract machine or computation engine used to execute smart contracts. It is used by most blockchain networks, including Ethereum, BNB, Avalanche, and many others. But few networks are using this new protocol called Wasm. Instead, only Polkadot and a couple other small chains are using this technology. In 2022, Stellar implemented smart contracts to provide more functionality to their network. But in April of 22, Stellar Developments chose Wasm as their computation engine. They argue that despite the popularity of the Ethereum virtual machine, its storage and execution models were expensive and challenging to paralyze, and it gets in the way of scalability. So I think it's more evidence right there that it's shocking the BIS is choosing this technology. It also states that the Bycode Alliance, which is a nonprofit organization, is made up of companies such as Amazon, Cisco, Intel, and Microsoft. Shout out to Jeremy, huge Microsoft fan out there. One of the Stellar employees argued that joining the Bytecode Alliance was a no-brainer for the team, as it would allow them to influence standards and tooling within the development community. They're also going to be representing Stellar, but to- in totality, they're an advocate for all blockchains and developers. But we know money talks and BS walks, Johnny. The Stellar's in these think tanks, they're going to be talking about themselves. So I did want to kick it over to you and then Showtime. With this competitor emerging, we talk about a shift into better technologies, this could be one of those technologies. What's all this mean to you? This is how it works. This is exactly how it works. You know, when we were, you know, when you were in diapers back in the early 2000s and we were developing wireless technology that you all would be using today, there were multiple consortiums created and groups created and entities were part of it. There were nine or 10 different technologies being tossed around. Bluetooth was just one of them. And then ultimately, because a few companies like Apple and them chose Bluetooth, it's like, okay, well, then we're all going that way, right? That's what's going to happen here, too, right? But for Bluetooth to have gotten chosen, guess what? They had to be at the table, right? And that's why this is so important that you have these companies, you know, and these technologies here at the table. And that's why I'm excited about Ripple being at, you know, at the – at the digital dollar table, right, sitting there, and on the ISDA platform, and and at those uh, regulations and, and regulating bodies, or I should say, uh, consortiums, because out of that comes the winners, right? And if you're not there, you don't like you got to be in the race to win the race. If you're not even there, you're screwed. You don't even have a shot. That's why this is good news for Stellar and XLM holders, because at least they're at the table. You're at the table. You have a chance because you can now, as you said. When you're at the table, what do you think? They're going to push XRP's technology? Do you think they're going to push their technology? No. 
they're going to talk about their technology and how it can help solve the problem. And the second benefit that comes from it, not only are they going to be sitting at the table and talking about how their technology can help, they're going to be hearing what's missing. They're going to be hearing, oh, you need to do that? Oh, hey, no, no problem. We can do that too. Then they get on the phone. Hey, guys, guess what I need to buy? Get the coders. We got to add this technology to our, to our, to our framework, right? So that's the benefit of being at the table of these things early. And being in there with all those companies, and it's just going to give you a better probability of, you know, potentially winning some portion or getting some piece of the pot. Does that make sense? It definitely does. And Mario, I wanted to get your thoughts as well. What really caught my attention in this article is this line right here. It said that this alliance, the Bitcode Alliance, is a nonprofit organization made up of internet companies such as Amazon, Cisco, Intel, Microsoft, and several others. Again, Stellar is sitting at the most important tables on the planet when it comes to blockchain innovation. What does all this mean to you? Yeah, this is exactly what I was referencing to before. When we see these type of companies and, you know, in the world of blockchain, when it comes to Ripple, we're even seeing uh, countries have some sort of involvement. They're researching, they're testing these technologies to see if they can, if it will make sense for, for the growth or, or evolution of, of finance or whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. And I'll put in this quick observation, you know, a lot of people was like, well, Ripple could have been more advanced in partnerships or they could have uh, uh, put in more partnerships in the United States had they not had this lawsuit looming over their heads for the past three years. Well, Stellar is pretty much in the same ballpark as Ripple. And besides that MoneyGram deal uh, partnership, they they haven't really progressed too much in the United States either. So um it's definitely good to see where where Stellar's at, and again, I think uh, Johnny was was uh, you know he made a good reference. It's these companies that are in the race. Obviously, they have more of a chance of being the winners as opposed to not being in the race. And I know that earlier he disagreed with me with as far as Ethereum, but I'll just uh, emphasize this: we had Ask Jeeves and Yahoo and all these search engines, and then Google ended up being the winner. We had eBay, which was like this ultimate marketplace which looked like it was going to be the ultimate winner. And now we have Amazon, which is way bigger. And so that's why I think that Ethereum looks like it's going to be the ultimate winner. And don't get me wrong, short term, I definitely think it is. Uh, all the all, all the roads are pointing towards Ethereum. But in the long run, you know, in 10 to 20 years from now, I think there will be another technology that will surpass Ethereum. Uh, just based on history, just based on all these different technologies that before seemed to be the winners and they ended up not being. But I have to jump off because I have a meeting to attend. I just wanted to send everybody love. It was good seeing your showtime. I'll be back on the show tomorrow, everybody out there. I love you guys. Have a great hey, day. Everybody. Be safe. Thank Mara, you so much. we love you. Love you, brother. And Showtime, I'm going to kick it over to you for some comments overall. Mario and Johnny said a lot there, but we know one thing. Stellar is emerging as a competitor here, and it appears they've got a great product. So I'd like to hear what it means to you. Is this a positive for the crypto sphere? 100%. I mean, one of the things you know we spoke about was the adoption, right? When it comes to adoption and it comes to retail use, um, you need competition. Competition is a healthy thing. You know, EVM has an impressive call stack and Wasm is removing um, certain, you know, floating point operations, things like that. Uh, what I, one thing I like about Wasm a lot is that, and this might have been a, a missing point for a lot of people in the articles, that it's actually going to be used off blockchain as well. It's going to be used in Web2. A lot of companies are still in Web2 today. What has to happen is institution is going to um, adopt these technologies and it's going to be framework that's going to set a standard. Uh, a great example is uh, how many people remember the Aloha protocol? Anybody in the audience, please comment if you remember the Aloha protocol, which was the forerunner to Ethernet. Nobody remembers it because Ethernet is the standard. 802.11, the standard. You got the seven layers of the OSI model, all these things that are this is how it's built. And I kind of look at these technologies right now as competitors in a race. They have to get adopted in the framework and they have to become the protocol. And if you're not, you don't end up getting adopted by institutions because that's how the framework is developed. Um, I think you end up getting left behind. So I look at this as one giant race. Who's going to win and who ends up getting that big contract, so to speak, of being the standard and the go-to. What's really interesting about this whole detail is the fact that Amazon and Microsoft are involved once again in this think tank. And something we covered earlier this week, Showtime, is that Stellar actually purchased an equity stake in MoneyGram International, again being connected to some of these massive names like Amazon and, 
and so on. So how much does that come into effect when you're looking at the cryptocurrency market? Do you see that as a competitive advantage or is that just noise and we're really waiting for development news? A little bit of both. I, I think that drives news and things like that. But when you align yourself with those players, those players are in place for a reason. Those players are not there by accident. They didn't get there by stepping into a hole and all of a sudden they're successful. They're there because, and I'll just say it, a company like Amazon has to be in special interests. It's a fact. Okay. Um, you have to be in certain circles. You've got to get to a certain level, right? So aligning yourself, I hate to say it, but a lot of these technologies, um, if they align themselves and they are in those same rooms, they're going to move up that ladder. Now there's no guarantee, right? So I think a, lot, a little bit of it is noise, but really ultimately we have to see where's the handshake take place and where's that development end. The SEC looks like Ethereum's biggest partner. I can't lie here, guys. <laughs> <That's funny. All> right. <laughs> There's a lot of big rumors going on in the XRP community. I don't know if you had any additional comments on Stellar or should I move on? No, I think the thing that, that you have to understand here, and I, and I wish our, my brother Martin didn't hop off because I wanted to just wrap this up with him, was, you know, I think that, yes, he talks about Ask Jeebs and MySpace and all that in there, but those were commercial products that were launched out there. And a better technology replaced them. They weren't a government-selected, adopted technology that was put in place like this is, where the government is leading and they're choosing Ethereum. And for that reason, I don't see Ethereum getting knocked off the block uh, for a while because I agree with what our man just said there. <laughs> a little bit more different than the SEC being its biggest partner, but there's somebody in the in that in that space, and I'll just leave it at that. That has you know, ETH has all the right connections. And so they aren't going anywhere. They will most likely be. And, you know, here's the thing everybody forgets. Everybody thinks, and I know in our chat, they think because there's going to be a better technology out there, the better technology wins. No, that's not how it works. I mean, Yusko was on here and talked about this too. We talked about it. the better technology doesn't always win. It's the technology that gets out there first sometimes that wins because you have to understand something about technology apps. And I'm in the space, right? In technology, what happens is once you start developing certain things, there becomes barriers of entry, and it's harder to change over technology. It's just that simple. You know, like when you write 30, 40, 50, 100,000 lines of code, you don't want to just, it's not that easy to change it, nor do you want to when then other systems are tied onto it. And so that's going to happen here. ETH is going to get embedded into this system from day one. And then people are going to build on that and build on that. And if they try to change it later, it's going to affect everyone. And so they're not going to do it. So for me, I truly think that ETH will be a bigger player here. Not because they have the better technology. I'm not saying that. We all know that it's not. And we know there'll be better technologies out there. But it will be because it was A, the first player out there, and B, it had the right connections. Or people. And guys, this is a document or this is a video from John Deaton that correlates perfectly to what Johnny Crypto just broke down. But we got 410, 415 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we got Showtime 2KX in the building. So this Woo! has been a great episode. I want to give a shout out to my friend. But guys, uh, John Deaton was answering a very important question. Why has the Teflon Don, Jed McCaleb, been left alone by the SEC? Well, here we have John Deaton providing some answers. Yeah. Why Jed McCaleb was left off, and I have nothing against Jed McCaleb. I personally think that Jed McCaleb would be on the route Mount Rushmore of crypto, right? You'd have Satoshi, and you'd have Vitalik, and you'd have Jed McCaleb. Why? Well, Jed McCaleb is responsible. He's a Bitcoin developer. He's involved with Mount Gox. He started uh, the XRP Ledger and XRP, and then he went on with XLM. We are going to play the remainder of this, but keep this in mind. What did John Deaton just drop right there? There was a diamond mixed into that sentence. He said Jed McCaleb was a developer for Bitcoin, right? So I'm going to play the remainder of this and we can talk about it. Here we go. Um, so I'm not saying anything bad against the guy, but here's a fact. I stick to facts. And facts are that during the lawsuit, from the day the lawsuit was filed against Ripple, Brad, Garlinghouse, and Chris Larson, until the lawsuit ended the sec was seeking 1.3 billion dollars from ripple brad and chris yet during that period of time jed mccaleb sold 2.6 billion 
twice what the SEC was seeking against Ripple and its executives of XRP. He sold that during the pendency of the lawsuit. And I bring that up only because it proves that the SEC is full of shit. If XRP was a security and all sales were securities, then why are we letting the co-founder sell twice as much as the company damages are seeking against the company for the same type of sales? And so for the sake of time here, Johnny, I'm going to cut it short and I'm going to tell you what he says. He says, it's not what you know. Once again, it's who you know. And that's how Jed McHale has remained untouched. I want to get some thoughts from you in Showtime. Kick us off. There's a reason why I call him the Teflon Crypto Don. And that's why, because it's who you know, not what you know. I've always asked the question from day one. When the lawsuit was placed in place or put in there back to the date of 2013, Mikhail was, I believe, was still part of the company, and yet he got away when not being named in the law. So I was like, what's going on here? And right there, that, that was, you want to talk about a big ass red flag. That's a red flag right there. But he ended up, you know, again, I think it's who you know, not what you know. And obviously he got the free pass for that and continues to get the free pass on Mount Cox and everything else. So for me, I look at it this way anything Jed touches, I want to touch too. He owns it, I want to own it. I could make such a funny joke right now, but I'm going to filter myself. For I, met, I met from a cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Showtime. We only got a couple of minutes left, but what do you think? What do you, do you agree that it's not what you know, it's who you know for the Teflon Don? Thousand percent. Everything in life comes down to who you know. Um, your network is your net worth. That's right. It's 100% true. And, you know, we look at cryptocurrency space. We get the news, right? But we don't really get the news. You know what I mean? So we don't know who's shaking hands with who. Like you said, Jed McCaleb still owned his XRP during that time from when he went <laughs> to the company and was selling during the time too. Not even a mention of going after him at all. Um, so Not I mean, I mean, when you see stuff like that, you just know it's who you know and it's whose hand you shook behind the scenes, which is part of the news that you don't get. So to end this episode today, guys, we're going to go through some XRP rumors or rumors that are circulating on Twitter this week. As there are rumors, uh, if the rumors are true that Robinhood is set to relist XRP by the end of the year, we could see a massive uptrend in the price. That's what this man is saying here. And the second rumor circulating today is that Venmo rumors are circulating on YouTube about making XRP available to its millions of members. Now, I want to pre preface this. There is no truth to the Venmo rumor from what I can tell. The Robinhood rumor has some validity, so we can talk about it. But I wanted to get you guys' thoughts. First of all, we got 398 live listeners here. We're closing it out. Show us some love. Smash that like button. But what do you think? Are we going to see a mass relisting event from Robinhood and Venmo? Johnny, you start, and we'll end it with Showtime. No. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody gets all excited. Oh, they're gonna... Listen, you may get a little blip, okay, because there may be a little bit of new liquidity coming in from Robinhood. But there, this, again, it's only my eight cents, okay, guys? Are you gonna, you know, you don't like it? Okay, but the reality is, I don't. For this thing to move, there needs to be mass amount of liquidity and liquidity injection coming into market as a whole. As I told you, there's there's one one trillion dollars and it just kind of moves around and finds itself. There isn't more money coming into the space. Does Robinhood add a little bit? Yeah, there'll be a little bit of retail money that I think will come in. Maybe you'll get a five cent blip, ten cent. I don't know, but do I think this is gonna drive it? Whatever he said, high. No. I don't see it. Just the way I said, the lawsuit wouldn't go past 80 cents to a dollar. I don't see Robin Hood moving this thing five cents or 10 cents more, if they even get that much. That's my eight cents. Showtime, I'm kicking it to you. Yeah, you know, when it comes to rumors like this, when it comes to potential realistings, I kind of go back to the fundamentals. <clears throat> Why did you get in this space? Did you get in the space for a quick buck, which is not wrong, by the way, if you did, or did you get in the space for longer term wealth? I would say if you got in the space for a quick buck, you're probably out of the market already because this market will have a way of punishing you and brutalizing you until you get out. Um, if you're in it for a longer term wealth, stuff like this, relistings, uh, like you said, are they bigger than Coinbase? Are they bigger than Kraken? No, they're not. So at the end of the day, um, sharp up, sharp down, end of story if they're relisted the way I see it. And guys, we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do. By Ab, addressing. Ab, I'm going to address this. It out, you got to address this question. <laughs> Listen, it's all love between me and Johnny. We turn the cameras on. It's love. We turn the cameras off. It's all love. So am I offended by Johnny Crypto talking about when I'm in diapers? 
guys, Johnny Crypto's in diapers today. That's why I never fire shots. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. But I love every single one of you. We're going to close this thing out by saying thank you to Showtime and thank you to every single one of our listeners. We've got 380 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. You can follow Showtime at Showtime2KX on Twitter. Great follower, great friend. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Warriors. Warriors. Ah. Get your shit together, baby.